Hi, welcome to Skeptic Hangout, the place where we sit back, relax, and chit-chat about intriguing and sometimes controversial topics through the lens of skepticism. We are Josh and Laura, and we have back with us today guest host Puck, the one and only skeptical hockey fan. We are going to be discussing the ethics of storytelling. So grab your English tea or comfy chamomile vanilla herbal tea and join us as we discuss whether storytellers have any ethical responsibilities to their readers, or in my case, listeners. This is Skeptic Hangout, Ethics of Storytelling. immediately people are thinking what 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 does this even mean um that's what i was thinking when this topic was uh introduced because i think storytelling can go wherever it wants without any worries about ethical issues but then uh, i have conversations with you and you're gonna show how fucking ignorant i was on that topic yeah (laughs) so we've been tossing this topic around puck and i on um dms for quite a while actually we've had a few actual like conversations about it too so when I heard he was going to be our guest host for today, I was like, we have to do this topic because this will be a nice, juicy one. So Puck, um, get the okay. audience and Josh caught up on the ethics of storytelling as All a right. topic. All right, let's let's prime up with, with what got me thinking about this in, in the first place. Um, uh, when I'm not watching ice hockey, which is a lot now because, you know, the hockey season is winding down, uh, I play a lot of video games. And I especially enjoy video games that tell a deep and complicated story. Um, one such video game featured a character who was never actually shown. You were examining the life of this character through the eyes of someone else. And this character did some deplorable things. Okay. Very much like you need to call this stuff out kind of things. However, nobody in that story called them out on it. If And so the, you, you saw the perspective through different family members uh, who were involved and were seeming to come in defense of this person who was the, the the patriarch the father of the family okay just for more perspective i don't want to get into it too much in case anybody wants to play this game um but the, the father of family did some horrible terrible things and as a result uh, there were devastating consequences to the whole family um but nobody seemed to talk about the negative impact of what the father did and was doing instead you would hear things about defending the father for the sake of family unity or um hiding things and keeping it under the rug um and it made me wonder because it was a it's deeply controversial there are videos on youtube right now that say this game should never have been made okay um and it made me wonder about the ethics of storytelling whether storytellers have a responsibility uh to call out or at least outside of the story indicate uh, uh, some sort of condemnation for the negative behavior of their characters. And this is a video game that brought up, but I'm sure after describing this, people are going to think about shows like 13 Reasons Why. Um, shows like uh, 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 Seinfeld is going to come to mind. Uh, do you remember, um, if, if you're about as old as I am, um, you'll remember uh, tuning into Friday night's sitcoms and you would watch the, the, the funny bits. And then there's always that moment at the end of the show where you know the piano music kicks in and you know you're about to get the lesson. You're about to get the point of the episode, right? And then Seinfeld comes in, which is a show about nothing, where even if they display negative behavior, 
there's no demonstrated consequence for it. They're just sometimes really lousy people. And then the episode ends and they go about their lives. And that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because there, there was a show at a time when the moral message of a show was the most important where there was none. So now that I've laid it out for you guys and I've given you some examples, what do you guys think about the ethics of storytelling? Well, I'm starting to think of a couple of examples where there may be some issues. Although I want to push back on the Seinfeld show about nothing. Even Jerry Seinfeld said that was a line from the show. That wasn't actually what the show was about. The show actually had some points. It was mostly like making fun of people and their hubris and being their buffoonery. And I'd say there was actually things that you could take from the show because the jokes were always about them being jackasses like a with the whole Indian giver episode Jerry Seinfeld looked like a jackass in that episode if I remember it was I think it was Jerry it was either Jerry or George somebody was a jackass in that episode and the joke was on them so you could take the moral lessons from who looks like a buffoon in the episode yeah. so I don't think there was actually any dangerous storytelling <laughs> in that where you could you could find uh you could find issues with uh uh other movies where there were actual like problems i'd say i'm blanking on that that uh this one story which i should have thought of to begin with but there was that a uh, kkk uh movie from like way back in the day when it was uh uh birth of a nation you could say that's where there's some huge ethics and storytelling because of that almost not almost it glamorized the ku klux klan and uh christian nationalism is you could definitely see like some ethics and storytelling being broken there so like when i came into this topic i'm thinking of like uh horror movies push the boundaries like i, I watch i love the movie martyrs which is extremely dark and violent and fucked up but i don't see any ethics with telling that story because it it brings discussion at the end but when you're having like propaganda in your story like uh, almost every single Chinese uh, martial arts movie I watch has a lot of propaganda, which you can see is problematic because every single time I watch a Yip Man movie, I hate white people and I love China. So like you can definitely like see some issues in storytelling when it's used for propaganda and, and stuff like that. So th this is a topic I haven't put much thought into, but like just the tiniest bit of thought as soon as you got the ball rolling, I'm like, oh. I opened this episode like kind of an idiot because of like the tiniest bit of thought on this subject. Like you see problems everywhere with uh, storytelling, uh, that patriarchy that you were talking about. I don't know how bad it is. It's a little too vague for me, but uh, I could say maybe, maybe it was set up in a way that raises discussions. So sometimes having uh, horrible things on screen gets a reaction out of people that's supposed to raise it discussion. So without like digging into it too uh, uh, in, with enough uh, uh content i don't know whether or not it was a good thing how they portrayed that because as long as it's not like propaganda that's saying like you definitely have to you have to love this your father no matter what he does i would find that problematic as fuck but if there's some subtlety in it that maybe i was missing from your description i can't quite say whether that video game had some ethical problems or not well that's why i would say that whether or not there's an ethical issue to storytelling has to do with um, the intent, when, especially when you say propaganda, what the intent is of the storytelling and what the outcome is. Because sometimes the outcome becomes more important than the intent, especially when people are, say, for example, hurt or offended. Even if you didn't intend it, that outcome is, is real and valid whether you intended it or not. So those two things, I think, need to be taken into consideration. Because sometimes it is deliberate. Like um, Germany, for example, used to do like their media and their movies was full of anti-Semitic messages to get people 
sort of desensitized to them and not liking them and not trusting them to begin with. And you can see that a lot in different forms of media where there's a message there. There's, 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 what was the word that you used? Um, Propaganda. Propaganda. Yeah. There's propaganda in the movie that could potentially be really negative. It could turn people away from each other. But then there's movies like the hate you give where that's, you could say that's full of propaganda in the sense that it's telling a story that's, that's very direct and wants you to feel a certain way about people. And yet what it is, is it's trying to get you more sensitive, the plight of black people in America and what they've been through and what they're still going through. Right. So in a, in a sense, you might not even label that as propaganda, um, but it, it's just a matter of what the message is and how it's intended. Is it intended to hurt people or help people? Is it intended to draw you closer to a group of people and help you understand them? Or is it intended to isolate you from them? Okay, so, so what if... Oh, sorry. Finish it off, please. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, I was going to say, so a bit, I was a lot like Josh when I first approached the subject where storytelling should be sort of hands-off in terms of what's allowed and not allowed. Like, all hands-off, anything's allowed tell the story it's about the discussion but then you're right when you start getting into the nuances of it there can be negative consequences to the type of story being told yeah and i get how even if like we i i go into any any consumption of fictional media with the assumption that i'm not looking at accurate representation right, right. so in the in this game that i'm talking about um uh content warning um one of the heavy themes is suicide now suicide is one of those subjects that must be handled very delicately mm-hmm. um and i'm wondering you know is there i, I i've looked it up there there are, are entire groups out there who are dedicated to um working on giving uh game designers and, and writers uh hints and tips on how to add how to correctly portray mental health issues and suicide issues in in their writing and mm-hmm. then the other side of me is like wait a second i'm creating a fictional universe right like i'm creating a story here um is it a writer's responsibility to still like there are certain subjects that even in a fictional world you still must handle very delicately because you know that a, a, a subset of your audience has a potential to be uh, very much harmed by that. And, and suicide is definitely one of those things. That's one of the reasons, well, besides the fact that I don't really watch dramas like this, this is one of the problems I had with 13 Reasons Why when it came out because it seemed to romanticize the idea of suicide where they had those 13 reasons and they were passing out like uh, it was almost seemed like it was revenge for the person that committed suicide. This is what I got from cultural osmosis. I haven't watched the show. If I'm wrong, correct me. But uh, it, see, it very much seemed like uh, m- most people that commit suicide, I've heard, they either leave notes that don't really make sense or, or leave no note at all. It's very rare where you'll find a reason that makes sense. And her, them romanticizing it with like 13 notes that apparently made sense for why she made suicide. It almost seems like people are going to go like, this is what, what I could do. This this is the kind of suicide that I want to create. And it definitely romanticizes the idea of it. But then wouldn't we say that the onus is on the, the, the consumer of the story to realize this is fiction and this is not ideation and this is not glorification. This is a story. I think it's interesting that we, we really like in our society to try to assign blame or responsibility, like in every single case, either somebody's to blame or somebody should be held responsible. Right. So taking the example of ethics and storytelling, we're like, well, who's responsible? Is it the storyteller who's responsible or is it the consumer who's responsible? But really like if you, if you want to think in a, in terms of reality, and how complex like our human experience is both are equally responsible right and and sometimes more one than the other depending on what the subject is and depending on the situation but 
we can have the nuanced conversation that there's responsibility on both sides, right? So 13 Reasons Why, I've only seen part of it. I really didn't like it. I know that it's a really good series that's really like highly talked about or whatever, but it, it, it's like, well, here, this, this poor young girl is dead. Now let's start assigning blame, right? And I would, Instead I of saying like, what led, huh? I wouldn't like stop the author from like releasing the content or even stop Netflix from doing the show or like trying to arrest them about suicides. But I do think that should be put into consideration when you're writing something and releasing it to the masses is what kind of impact it could have on people with mental health issues and whether or not you're <laughs> sorry, somebody cook, cooking peppers here and it's all I'm inhaling, whether or not you're okay with uh, uh, risking somebody's life for your art. And I really would struggle with, that kind of content coming from me. Yeah, yeah. So I think ultimately, if I think that what I'm writing is going to be harmful, I would try and write it in a way that's not harmful. Um, but at the same time, I'm kind of with with Puck with like, well, when is the responsibility of the individual, the consumer, right? Um, we do have to do more with mental health and with um, resources and getting people the stuff that they need in our country and around the world like we have to get better with that and we have to get better as individuals with recognizing our triggers or our mental health like areas that need improvement or 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 places that we have left undelved into like if we have childhood traumas we we as a society need to get better at encouraging individuals and we as individuals need to get better at seeking that help um so that these things don't trigger us like i i did an episode a few a few episodes back with just Richard, where I talked about how American beauty used to really trigger me. Was there an ethical obligation to not write the movie American beauty, which at the time I thought was absolutely reprehensible. No, like we, we should still be able to produce forms of art and storytelling that deal with difficult subjects. Like we just have to, if we're going to make subjects taboo, then we're, we're going to put them on the shelf and fail to deal with them and fail to desensitize ourselves from them and fail to notice where the pitfalls are. So if we're having people that are romanticizing suicide and committing suicide just because of a TV show. I would never say just because of a TV Right, but, th- but that would be a problem, right? That would be a problem that needs to be handled regardless of the TV show. That means there's another problem in our society that needs to be dealt with. So if our society can't handle the impact of, of dealing with that topic via TV show or via video game, we have bigger issues on our hand that needs to be dealt with so that we can discuss controversial topics or have reprehensible characters and not fear that they're going to drive somebody to do something or or um, cause somebody to become triggered but that's not reality reality today is that we are woefully under taken care of in the mental health range we don't have the support we need we don't have the education we need and a lot of people don't have the help that they need so like in answer to Puck's question, like the first thing I think of is, is there a trigger warning? Like if you're going to have a game dealing with suicide, certain people absolutely should not be playing that game. If it deals with any sort of parent issue or abuse by a, a patriarch or by a family member, that can cause trauma to, to people who have been traumatized. That can cause triggers, right? So my big question is, is there, is there trigger warnings? Are there? Oh yeah, this, this, the game that I'm talking about specifically does, yes. But I can also think of many pieces of media that don't. Um, one particularly right. triggering movie, I don't remember what it's called. It seemed to be like this normal, like, you know, drama type situation until it zooms out and you realize they're in one of the Twin Towers. I forget what movie that's called. 
Um, but you know, the, you know, Josh, Josh immediately knows what movie I'm talking about. But but it's there. So you know, it's like immediately now, you know, a whole uh, a whole movie was rem- watched. Is it Remember Me? That's the one. Something like that. Yeah, where it it, it you you think either. it's just like a, a normal type you know relationship drama type story, and then you find out that's really not what it's about. Now, th- Josh and I are you know the big horror fans that we are know that the shock of horror is one of the most important things. So if you put a, a suicide warning on a movie like Midsummer, spoilers, um, it <laughs> takes away one of the critical aspects of that movie where something happens that is so shocking that you know it 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 it, it rips you right here. Um, and then you know it's, then you you do a, a harm benefit thing where is it more good to warn people who may be in danger than the the um you know just the i'm not in danger if i if i get a plot spoiled for me uh so maybe i need to take their needs more into consideration than me looking at a story and say i want to know nothing about this and i want to be genuinely surprised even though it may be triggering for some and are you in danger just because you feel uncomfortable or in some cases triggered in some cases yes you are in actual danger Mm -hmm. if you're triggered in other cases no you're very very uncomfortable right and and it's it's not good um and that would be dependent on the individual and dependent on the type of trigger right apologies to anybody a, who hasn't seen midsummer yet sorry it's yeah no, that's not a, yeah. that's not a but, spoiler because that's like the first five minutes <laughs> but i also wanted to push back on okay. it because uh uh it does depend on the genre a little bit on whether or not you need the trigger warnings because of what you're talking about in midsummer is portrayed as something horrific that happens at the beginning of the movie. Whereas if you go into it in a drama or something like that, the shock is that somebody killed themselves and that's not usually portrayed as horrific. It's portrayed as horrible and something that, uh, that, that sad that happened, but it's, it's filmed in a different kind of light. So when I see something, when you see, when you go into a horror movie, you're expecting people to die. And, and it's and the matter that they did it at the beginning of Midsommar was kind of shocking. And it wasn't like something I had thought of before I had seen that movie. So there was a shock and horror value of it that I don't think romanticizes it at all. But then again, I I could be looking at it from the wrong perspective, but I do think genre matters a little bit. You're right. Because people do for the most part have an idea of what they're getting into. So my idea, when I say like responsibility is shared, you as the consumer do have a responsibility to know what it is you're about to consume. So if you're like Puck and you want to go in blind and you want to be surprised, you're just taking on that risk yourself. And I'm the same way. Like I, sometimes I do want to know in advance what a movie is about. If it looks really boring to me or if it doesn't look interesting, but then there's other times where I'm like, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me because you kind of know there's supposed to be that tension and that thrill. And, and you know that you're supposed to be surprised and you don't know what it is that's going to come. And, or the best kind of movie is when, when you, go into a movie theater thinking it's one kind of movie and it's a different you're like holy fuck that was so much more intense than i thought it would be and i loved it so there's there's definitely an onus on the consumer to know what it is they're consuming um and at the same oh go ahead i was about to say and at the same time um to know that like like me going into american beauty for example i didn't know what i was getting into and i didn't know that i would have a trigger but when i did i walked out and i dealt with it I don't necessarily know that American Beauty needs to have a whole bunch of trigger warnings at the beginning just in case, um, but it does deal with a very, very sensitive topic, and some movies do, and it, it, I think the onus is just as much on the consumer to read a review about it or to read the synopsis. Like, well, how, how about other genres of storytelling? Because we kind of dealt with drama, we dealt with horror, 
but what about action movies like i'm a huge fan of action movies i don't think like they cause shootings or something like that but they do romanticize certain aspects like i think a lot of people became cops because they thought it was going to be they were going to have a lethal weapon type relationship with their partner or with the (laughs) law and that uh i I definitely think that romanticizes it. 24, my all-time favorite show. I don't want people acting like Jack Bauer. I don't want people torturing people. But uh, there there were links back when uh, George W. was in office where people were in, in Congress, I think, were saying, were quoting 24 lines in, in, in hearings. And like, that's not what I want for people doing law stuff i really do not want them basing the law on what's happened in 24 because that's supposed to be preposterous like over the top and people should not be idolizing it into reality yeah jack bauer great person in that world he'd be a monster terrorist in this world yeah well that is something god talking about fuck's question about the ethics of storytelling we glorify a lot of really reprehensible actions when they're done by heroes or when they're done in the pursuit of good uh martin riggs he'd, he'd be the worst pushy police officer his his code of conduct is terrible he's always laying hands on people so in the third movie he he's basically roughing up a guy for jaywalking because he's having a bad day and he's taking it out on him and we see that as something that's funny instead of like get this man off the streets so where my mind goes is to there are we talk about genres there are certain genres with more implied realism in it and mm-hmm. the uh, the the eighties action movie genre there, there's already this like a uh, uh, like a uh, uh, non realistic sense you you walk into it knowing yeah this isn't really what it's about this isn't really what it's like you go into horror knowing that you know there's usually a supernatural or at least very bizarre bent to it you're not walking into it thinking okay this is a realistic portrayal of 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 anything right so why do we and maybe maybe we is the wrong word but why do people walk into movies like 13 reasons why without that same sense of suspension of reality well it's because it's portrayed more realistic but i also don't think you can discount uh, the amount of police officers that were inspired by uh, Lethal Weapon or Die Hard and think that that's why they got into the job. And maybe that's why they pushed the line a little bit more because it's been glamorized so much. So I, I do think you can look at any genre and find problems in it. And, and I'm saying that as a movie fan, but I'm very good at separating fiction from reality and enjoying fiction from reality. And I think a lot of people do, but there are certain people that their minds struggle, seem to struggle a little bit with the ethics being taken out of a, an extreme movie and then applying it into real life or having that kind of attitude. Everybody wants to be Clint Eastwood and uh, Clint Eastwood's characters are a lot tougher than Clint Eastwood in real life. Oh, I still probably would p- punch him or try and take him on. <laughs> but uh, like, I, I still think that they, they, they want to take on the persona of these characters and they can like see themselves as that and they're put into positions of power or something like that. I don't think it's everybody, but there are exceptions to those rules. And there's enough people where you can find problems with that. I don't think we should ever stop making movies like Lethal Weapon because that would make my life boring. But I do think that we can see that that, uh, other people, extreme examples can, I don't think they're going to copy it. I don't think like gun violence happens because of that. But I do think like people are put in positions or driven in positions for the wrong reasons because of that. Yeah, so I... In in terms of the more realistic movie, is there an additional ethical um, requirement 
right? I think this really speaks to how we as a society have, and I think this actually probably is like a human thing, not just our culture thing. We have a hard time separating fact from fiction. I mean, look at how we have all these complex, very intricate, beautifully described religions that people have now decided are like like the absolute truth, right? I think that comes from our inability to distinguish storytelling from truth-telling, right? And then you add on to it what Puck says, where this story has the, the, the air of truth, and then it becomes even more difficult. So we have movies that are based on historical events or historical people that a lot of dramatic changes have been made in order to make the movie more interesting or to to liven up the characters or make them more relatable or just because of this the skewed slant of the storyteller who wrote the script right there's there's different reasons why why people might be represented better or worse than they actually were um so you don't really get an accurate picture and yet people use these historically based movies to kind of build their perceptions of who that person was or or what that conflict was like or whatever and I think it's just a shortcoming of our society that we don't put more emphasis on the separation between storytelling and the nuances of storytelling and the discovery of truth and the pursuit of truth. Um, because I think Josh brings up a really good point where we actually start to build our concepts of what different people or agencies or jobs um, are actually like based on how we see them on TV we even base our perceptions of what those actors are like when they're playing parts like Bruce Willis or Mel Gibson, right? Like we get this idea of who they are as an actor. We have no fucking idea. None of us have met them, right? Um, you talk about like people like Jim Carrey or, or um, Robin Williams who were very um, depressed at a lot of different times in their lives, right? Who they were on screen was a stark contrast to what they were suffering from off screen. So I think more emphasis should be put on seeing the story as a story and then that removes a lot of ethical responsibility when we can talk about a story and say this is just a story or this is just a portrayal or this is just something to get you thinking right but it's to get the conversation started it's to take a look at it and if you're not able to watch it don't watch it having those conversations in schools or with children at an early enough age i think starts to break that that more like i have that conversation with my kid kids all the time of this isn't accurate. This is only part of the story. This is not exactly how it happened. You know, that kind of thing. Um, or let's ask more questions. Let's do more research. Um, or that's just a movie, right? Um, I don't think enough people are having that conversation. That puts the moral responsibility on the conversation rather than on the story itself. No, And, and you know what? I, I absolutely understand the importance of good, accurate representation in, in media, I do like I with the company that I work for. One of the big pushes that I'm making is is a, a more positive representation. And then you, you don't have to look very far in video games to find a good example like Red Dead Redemption Two, where if you look at the way that game uh, treated uh, and 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 portrayed people, uh, First Nations people, even just compared, not forget about other games similar. Look at the, the, the prequel to it, the first game. There was such a difference in the way uh, that other, t- other people were portrayed, whether it's First Nation people or, or, or people who live in Mexico. It, 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 the, the, the more realistically and the more historically accurately they were portrayed, people ate it up. Red Dead Redemption 2 at, at one point in time was the most popular selling video game. Um, so yeah, there is absolutely something to be said for uh, good representation happening. I guess I'm just wondering why we put media and stories on that kind of pedestal in the first place. Like, I, I, like, I, 
and I'm weird because I can separate myself emotionally from a lot of things. Okay. Like I watched American beauty uh, with a sense of clinical detachment where I can look at that and say, Lester was, you know, that was some pretty bad stuff that was happening there. Okay. And it, it, it came, it, it came to a point where it crossed the line. The weird thing is again, let's talk about a movie where the, the, the bad actions never led directly to any negative consequences what happened to him was not a consequence of what of, he was doing right does that make sense it's a different he, consequence of somebody yeah. else's problem yeah he absolutely had a consequence but it wasn't a result of his negative behavior but anyway um where i was going with that is like i i'm able to detach myself from that part of it is privilege because i've never had to deal with uh things like serious mental health issues or suicidal thoughts um so i i can't put myself in that position saying wow this was really triggering for me and I need other people to know how dangerous it was to have this kind of portrayal out there. Uh, so I, I want to listen to people. So hopefully, you know, give it to me in the comments and give it to me in the Facebook group uh, because maybe I just don't have that same understanding of what it's like because I have that detachment. So I can look at something like porn, for example, and know even from, you know, when I was first consuming it, I knew that this was not a realistic depiction of sex. This was, it's not a how-to manual. This is not showing you how to do it or what it even generally looks like for the most part, okay? They have to worry about things like camera angles, uh, like the stamina of the actors. There, there's a lot of things that go into consideration that make it so this is never intended to be realistic. But we also know there are some people who don't know that or don't haven't like you know put all those uh um, blocks together to to make that shape of this is not supposed to be realistic and they'll look at that and they say oh that's what sex is supposed to be like you know and uh what was it um not too long ago that i saw an article saying that uh, uh because of porn a lot of men cannot distinguish the difference between a partner who is in pain and a partner who is experiencing great pleasure and so in their mind, it's almost synonymous because of their consumption of porn. But, but to me, I've always been able to just separate that and always been able to separate. This is this depiction. This has nothing to do at all with anything in real life. And so because I've been able to make that, I just always assume other people are able to do that too. And I realize that they don't. And they're not. Yeah. yeah. And so that, that really brings up a really good point about what we're saying with where the responsibility lies. Is it the individual or the maker of the story? And porn's a great example of how it's actually the responsibility of the culture and the conversations and how we frame it. And like you, you were saying earlier, which is regular movies, like what is our obsession with media and movies that we put them up on such a pedestal that we mix up real life with these, these movies. And I, I honestly think it's a shortcoming of our evolution. We are not as intelligent and highly evolved as we like to think we are. We are intelligent and we are highly evolved. But we're very imperfect. And our brains, as Richard would say, are shit. So our brains make mistakes. They conflate things. They mix up things. And when something's presented to it as truth, um, you have to actively tell your brain that it's not, right? Like if, if something is really, really convincing in a movie, sometimes you have to remind yourself it's okay. It's just a movie, especially like with, with hack and slashers. Like I like horror movies. I don't like the tremendous amounts of blood and guts just because it hooks me out. But but I will have to sometimes remind myself, this is just a movie. This is not real, right? Because my brain is like, ah, fuck. Oh my God, freaking out right now, right? Um, and with porn, there's even less of a conversation about it. So not only are we not having the conversation that there's, there's a big difference between movies and reality, and here's how we sort of differentiate in our minds how to do it. Here's some tips and tricks for our brains. We don't do it with porn because we're afraid to talk about porn, period. Right. And that's that's one of the first conversations I had with my teen when we discovered porn on his phone was not 
you're evil, you're bad, you're going to hell, you shouldn't masturbate, you shouldn't watch porn. It was, you're too young to distinguish what a real relationship is and what real sex looks like compared to porn sex. You don't know whether or not the porn that you're watching is ethical or whether the, the people in that porn movie are being exploited because you're just getting it off of Google, I'm assuming. And um, so you don't know the, they the off content of Google, creators. They're not doing a very good job at finding their porn and they definitely need a talk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was 14 years old and he typed vagina into Google, right? And we just saw it on his search history and we saw the kind of videos he was watching and stuff like that. But he has no, no concept as a 14-year-old what videos were made by a reputable production company that's taking their actors health and safety and feelings and stamina (laughs) into consideration and who's being exploited right and he doesn't have any concept of what an actual sexual relationship looks like versus what he's watching but how many parents are having that conversation with their kids that like hey you're not a bad person for watching porn here's the reason why porn is is not good to be taken in at, at your age right or how many adults are having the conversation of yeah, no, it is perfectly okay to watch. Just bear in mind when you go to have a partner, it's not the same thing. Don't we don't even have ever, to. Sorry, go go ahead, Josh. Go ahead. I don't think I ever like in my household there was ever any stigma on porn. Like, uh, I think by the time I was interested in it, my dad had like thrown me a few Playboys or whatever, didn't care, and just like I, as long as I wasn't holding up the phone line, which by the time I got into porn it was a little bit past the the f- dial up days. Uh, we didn't really worry about it that much. I. I think when I was younger, I, I assumed that uh, what I was seeing was like people really fucking enjoying it and going on for fucking ever. But by the time I was an adult, I realized that uh, it's not going to be uh, that kind of a situation with, with sex. And it's not going to be like as wild and awesome as what you see there. But I, I don't think I've never necessarily needed a conversation with that about that. We just had like healthy... Uh, a healthy outlook on porn without like having any like any strong rabbit hole conversation on the ethics of porn but honestly i didn't even think about the ethics of porn until maybe like maybe the last five years i started thinking about uh stop demonizing sex workers because obviously i'm enjoying their work and just like uh making sure everybody is being safe about it instead of uh, and everybody there is looked after instead of just like they're there for me to jerk off to the standard thing didn't really bother me because i never watched the porn long enough to have to worry about that but uh i i don't see i did i don't see as much of an ethical problem depending on how young the kids are watching it and i didn't have as much of an interest in porn until i got at least into the double digits i did have like a naked sarah michelle geller on my laptop but i it turned out that was a fake so that's the (laughs) only thing that i needed as a child was to learn how to differentiate a bad photoshop porn from the real thing okay so that that's it's interesting thinking about the ethics of porn as it relates to how we um, consume it and how we talk to kids about it. But if we tie it back to the ethics of storytelling, like Puck brought up something really important in the very, very beginning of the episode, the the idea of like, well, we're going to tell a story where the bad guys don't have any consequences for their actions. Therefore, their actions can in some way be glorified or we're going to handle topics that people could feel strongly about or that might be be, um, triggering or, or propaganda and is there an obligation on the storyteller to only tell a certain kind of story, to avoid certain pitfalls, such as propaganda or such as um, getting into really unethical behavior, maybe glorifying it a little bit? And I would I would think, in my opinion, that those things do need to be um, presented, like unethical characters need to be presented that don't get any consequences, right? And we need to be able to talk about it. 
But now when we talk about porn, is there like just as it relates to storytelling only, not as it relates to is it okay for for people to watch other people having sex or is it okay, you know, to to pay to watch like taking the whole sex thing out of it. Um, is there an ethical requirement on the storytelling aspect, like the kinds of sex that they're having or the kinds no, of and, that they're having, right? Yeah, and, and again, porn seems to be, in my mind anyway, one of those genres that gets a pass, okay? Because in porn, you get the portrayal of a lot of relationships that if that happened in real life, it would be horribly improper, right? Like a uh, um, uh, 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 therapist patient or, or something like that, right? That should never happen. But in porn, we, you never hear someone getting up in arms in, in, in Facebook about uh, uh, the portrayal of unethical relationships in porn. And, and part like, of that is because it's not as mass consumed as a very popular, uh, a very popular TV show or movie. Fewer people are watching it, so fewer people are outraged by it, sure. And but be, why then does it specifically, because I agree with everything you say so far, but mm-hmm. I'm going to push back on one word you said before you get mm. too far down. You said porn specifically gets a free pass to touch any any sex-related topic or storytelling or or whatever. Is that in contrast to other movies? Like, do other movies not get the same free pass where porn I would does? say yes. I would say yes, because a portrayal of the kind of relationship in a porn movie where we understand, okay, they're not really what they say they are. If there was a similar portrayal to that in a movie, even if it was branded as a controversial type movie like that, it's going to be seen in a different light and I believe treated in a different light. I, I This is my mission. I'm going to come up with an actual example of a, <laughs> of a, of a, a movie featuring an improper relationship that was treated well well you know what let's not even go that far we've already gone there american beauty right there was no actual in in no there wasn't there wasn't but there were thoughts of it definitely yeah i think they did get close if i remember because it's been a few years since i've seen they got very close to acting on it yeah yeah so i mean it's it's there and and certainly even if the action wasn't there again there was no negative consequence nobody called him out on on uh on his attraction that behavior right it was implied that it was improper because it was uh, because of the way that they portrayed it Right. What about there was a movie where a teacher was in a relationship with a girl and I can't remember the name of the movie or even the actress for that matter, even though her face. Is Josh, not- you're the movie guy. I'm not this uh, kind of movie. I was oh. forward <laughs> action movies. I haven't yeah, even seen I American Beauty. It's a, a comedy drama. Like, okay. so I think that there are some funny parts to it, um, but it is still presented as sort of a drama. Well, we're, um, we're talking about uh, uh, fiction, so we can go into books. I yes, had, yes. I had to walk. I had. To, I think it was my dark Vanessa. I read this for an ex. It was the most uncomfortable book I've ever read, but uh, it was about a woman who uh, she's an adult now, and she's like kind of fantasizing back on uh, on uh, when she had a relationship with a teacher, and she it kind of romanticized it for a while, which was really making me uncomfortable about this, and like. Uh, she even uh, seemed to not quite think that it was wrong. Like everybody else around her, and unfortunately she was narrating it, everybody else around her could find the problems with it, but she couldn't find it. And I, I definitely, it, there, there's some ethical issues I have with the fact that uh, you kind of go into the sex scenes with that with that writer. And it's, again, it's just a book. It's fiction. You're not actually watching uh, underage porn but there was a little bit too much for my comfort just in the storytelling there and definitely if you're one of those people that that stops a book halfway through you've never discovered uh just how dark that goes and what kind of resolution happens for that teacher that teacher 
does get uh, his comeuppance, if I remember right. But uh, the narrator doesn't really seem to understand that he got his comeuppance. It was very much uh, an outsider. Like every 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 chapter of the book, you're like, this this girl doesn't understand what's happening to her, and she doesn't ever really seem to understand. It's it's like something that you're supposed to be yelling at as an outsider and like getting frustrated and seeing how she's getting manipulated, but the narrator doesn't learn. And I could see how that could be if you're not going if you're going too surface level, you might even miss the 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 horribleness of the story. But then the question becomes, should the story be written in the first place? And I'm really, really against censorship. Uh, I'm also I'm against- really, really against like promoting violent or bad behaviors or or triggering topics right like i i'm all about respect of the human individual and our our health and our safety and our comfort but i'm also really all about keeping sacred the ability to delve into difficult topics and not so it's it to me it's complicated i i don't think it should have been censored i don't think i ever should have read it i read it because (laughs) of the girl i was dating at the time and uh she immediately uh, broke up with me after I finished reading it. So it was like, almost like a gotcha. I watched Twilight and that and read that book for her. And then oh, immediately we broke up afterwards. I think, I think <laughs> that she was the litmus co- of the relationship right no, there. I, I think she saw it coming and she's just like, I'm going to torture him just a little mm. bit and make him, him divulge <laughs> into these uh, books and movies. But I don't think these should be censored. It's just, you got to go into it with the right frame of mind and understand what kind of fiction you're taking. And you got to understand whether it's healthy for you individually to read it or, yeah, or but what, you, what are your thoughts it? on that too? Cause... No, that makes perfect sense to me because, you know, if we're talking about uh, a government sponsored censorship, yeah, that, that, that's, that shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, I think the place where we're all landing on this is it should not be like forbidden to write it or illegal to write it. But at the same time, it's not for everybody. And, right. and the, the, the thing that, that hopefully are, uh, I would like the viewers and listeners to take away from this is that such media exists and such media is not always going to be realistic and it's not always going to be pretty um, and it's not going to be for everybody. And if it's not for you, then it's not for you. Um, but that doesn't mean that no good can come out of it, especially because it's generating conversation. Like I have, I, I personally don't know anybody who has committed suicide. And so I don't know too much about it. I haven't really studied up on it. I don't know enough about it. I don't. If a, someone close to me did, suddenly I have a story. And yeah. as uninformed as I am about it, and as much stigma as I'm going to be bringing into it, my story is still legit. It is absolutely right. real. And if I portrayed that in a, in a movie or a video game or a book, that is an honest portrayal of what it's like to deal with someone's suicide. And is we, it going to be healthy? I don't know. Like someone right. could be reading that and think, wow, okay, um, that's, that's, that's increasing my suicide ideation. And, and that would be a very harmful thing, but it's no less real. So then my question goes to back to realism. Do we want realistic portrayals of difficult subject material or do we want safe portrayals of subject material? I think we want both, but I absolutely think we want difficult dangerous real portrayals like i think we need to have those topics looked at and discussed and like talking about like the the book from perspective of a teenager who's having sex with an adult teacher um i happen to know a girl who um got into a relationship with she was like two grades ahead of me got into a relationship with the history teacher he got fired they're to this day still married and they got together when she was 16 right to write difficult subjects like those sorts of relationships and those sorts of interactions 
from different perspectives, maybe even from the perspective of the teacher, is not to glorify the action necessarily, but is to help understand the action. And that was one thing that I had to deal with with my own sexual assault as a teenager was the the bits and pieces of the attention that I received from, so I was 16 years old, the guy was 40, right? The the attention that I received from him that I enjoyed, the stuff where it was like, well, he's treating me like a princess. He's treating me like I'm pretty. He's treating me like I'm important, right? I had to deal with the fact that I liked that stuff. Otherwise, the shame would have continued and the shame would have continued and I would have been hiding that part of myself and I would have been feeling traumatized over and over and over again by it. Part of the recovery process was owning my own part of it. And so I think that being able to write hard situations from different people's perspectives helps us to better understand the full spectrum of the human experience. And even if it's just, maybe it's just understanding somebody that's different from you, right? Like, what is it like? Can we empathize with a rapist? Can we empathize with a murderer? Like, is that something we are even capable of doing? But not just that, it's also the, what if I'm not alone, right? Like, what if a a teenage girl who was ostracized by her parents and her friends for having been in an inappropriate relationship with an older guy, because it's not just the guys, it's not just the, the, the criminals that are ostracized in, in rape and sexual assault cases. A lot of times it's the victim as well. A lot of times. So a victim being able to read that kind of story and be like, you know what? I am okay for having the feelings that I had, or I am okay for being where I was, or, or my position is valid. I think that there's a place for every angle of storytelling, even if it's just to try and understand how someone can be someone like Hannibal, right? So so could we say it's almost ethically neutral, almost all these subjects that we come across because uh, people can take different things out of them based on their perspective. Like somebody might, might read that story and they're like relate to it and like not feel alone. And then other people like me can be who haven't experienced that and just want to read about explosions and people getting stabbed will feel very uncomfortable with that story so it's it's people just got to know the media that's for them or have some kind of idea about it and i i guess maybe you can't like maybe even going back to 13 reasons why i'm already rethinking my positions at the beginning of this of this episode you can't i can't flat out condemn it for romanticizing it because maybe somebody needed that story told that way in order to get some feeling of catharsis like maybe they're not they're not going to kill themselves after it but they'll maybe feel heard by hearing a story of somebody getting uh almost some kind of after after the grave revenge with their suicide and they'll they'll be able to move on with it not move on with the suicide but move on with their life because they felt it through it just like uh in the porn i know people that have like rape fantasies that would be horrible for to happen in real life but they're able to escape through porn into those mm-hmm. fantasies in a healthy way. So I think every genre, maybe even the action movies, I can't, I, I just think they're cool. So uh, <laughs> some is I, just I for entertainment. Yeah. So I can't really see any net bad or net bad. It almost neutralizes out in the end with uh, just, there's so many people and everybody takes things so diversely. Yeah. And Puck, we need to wrap it. So I'm going to give you the last word on this topic. It was your topic and I'd love to have you close it out. I, I walk away from this realizing that there's more to the rabbit hole than I first thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such a big question where I can certainly understand how certain media uh, uh, affects people negatively while at the same time realizing like, is it, you know, I, 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 
I, I, I'm nowhere. I'm nowhere different than I was in the beginning because I still, not only do I not know where my position is, now I know there's like five other things that I have to figure out where my position is. <laughs> that's a very is. honest position to have is the position yeah. of not having a position. Right? Yeah, and, and, and I'm, not, not, I'm not saying I'm neutral. I am definitely keen to the idea of the, that media can be harmful, whether it's propaganda, whether it's uh, mm-hmm. unrealistic portrayal, uh, whether it's uh, um, uh, falsely representing an ethnic group. There's definitely harm that can be done and harm has been done um but where i'm i'm still trying to figure out is where the responsibility for that lies like i can make a a a story about a completely fictional world where i'm talking about groups of people that have never existed therefore i'm not stigmatizing any individual group right you can do that you can make that choice or you can say you know what this is my understanding of what this culture was like and even if that is inaccurate the fact that i have that in me is real like this is what i think of that so should that not be shown well and you can't always avoid harm that way not to interrupt your like closing thing but you can't always avoid harm by making up people like you have like the navi right for the gungans uh, are a bad example because they make people interpret that as making fun of black people jamaicans yeah 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 gungans are a good example but the the navi in um in avatar Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of ties into native americans right Avatar and, was Dances with Wolves. It was. Right. It, yeah. Exactly. Okay. And there's very clear ties. So they could try to just shrug it off as just, oh, they're just fictional characters. These these aren't these people aren't real, but um, they're, they're that's, that's colonialism and Native yeah. American and the struggle, like just pretty much tit for tat. So but, yeah, so it's a huge subject and it deserves being talked about and deserves and my uh, to me at least it deserves more looking into and uh, I fully intend to keep doing that. So thank you for for letting me puckify this episode with a bizarre question that apparently I guess we got all got more interested in than we thought we would in the, in the beginning. So nice. all right, so we need to wrap this up. Um, everyone listening, thank you so much for joining in. Um, if you have any thoughts about what should be ethical or what's unethical about storytelling and what ought we or ought not we do when it comes to our portrayals of things in media, book, poems, pictures, whatever it may be, um, what are the ethics of storytelling? What do you think? Are there ethics involved? Um, and where's the line? Um, I look forward to seeing you on our Facebook page in the discussion group, having these conversations. You can also check out all of our stuff on Linktree slash Skeptic Hangout, um, including our merch store. So log on and you can can um, help support us by buying some merchandise. So it's kind of like a win-win situation. You get a little bit of merchandise. We get a little cut off the top that will help us grow our show. And we all go home happy. Um, in the meantime, keep questioning. Interrogate your beliefs. Stay skeptical. Ta-ta. Mm-hmm.